Thank you for listening to the I Am Podcast. The following is a person discussing the memories and feelings that make up their experience. It is solely from their point of view. I hope you enjoy the episode. I'm 37 years old, was born in 1981 in the Philippines, and I grew up in Redford, Michigan. How long were you in the Philippines? Well, we were there for, uh, I was about three years old when we moved over, or when we came over to the U.S. Okay. Because uh, it was uh, military brats or rats or whatever they call us. Uh, sure. Base to base to base to base and stuff like that. Uh, but, yeah, born on Clark Air Force in the Philippines, so... Okay. But, uh, so, what is your what's your family composition? Like mom and dad. Yep. Yep. So, uh, just uh, you know, mother, father. They're they're divorced now, but uh, and then one sister. Okay. Um, half, if you want to get technical about it. Sure. Uh, we share the same mother, but uh, just the two of us, and uh, she's got a couple of kids. I got one of my own. So. Okay. Did your so did your was your dad in the military then stationed in the Philippines and yep yep he was originally from uh, the Farmington area downstate okay. uh, Michigan and um, wanted to uh, wanted to see the world so mm-hmm. signed up uh, they give you a, a destination wish list if you will in the military and yeah. he put a bunch of different places on there and the Philippines was one of them so okay. I was transferred over there and uh, and on the end result. Okay. So when you came back to the States, uh, did you write to downstate Michigan then or yeah. like Detroit suburbs basically? Yep. Yep. We came back, uh, cause we, the, the last location with the military we were in Mexico okay. and then we came into, uh, and we came into, uh, Redford, Redford, um, and yeah, we were in Redford for probably through fourth, fourth grade. Okay. So, you know, right around nine years old. Okay. What um, what kind of memories do you have from that time? A lot of uh, not so great memories. You know, I mean, at that time, Redford was still very uh, life was still very hard there for a lot of people. Okay. Um, so certainly uh, had my had my uh, my rear end kicked a couple of times. Okay. Um, you know, it was if had I stayed there, had we stayed there, it would have been a very different. I think I would have been a very different person. Okay. Yeah. Where did you go after that? After that, we, we moved to Farmington Hills. Okay. Um, yeah, which is a little bit west of there, a little further out of the city. Yeah, a little further out of the city. Um, and I was introduced to a different, yeah, almost the opposite of the spectrum. It was people, families with a lot of money. Sure. Um, you know, I'm going to school with fifth graders with gold rings on their in their hands and stuff like <laughs> okay. this kind of weird yeah so you yeah. know where everyone was very very blue collar almost poor in redford um just 20 minutes you know northwest of there yeah life was completely different right so yeah, yeah i grew up right in the middle actually in lavonia right yep. which is exactly in between redford and, yeah. and farmington hills so yeah you bet that's uh yeah interesting and probably right in the middle of those two extreme demographics yeah yeah uh, very interesting. Did you, would you mind talking about your experience as a person with Filipino descent? Yeah, um, yeah. 
It was uh, it was not that big of a deal in Redford. Okay. Um, there was a couple of other Asian kids. I remember whether it was in my class or uh, in the school period. But uh, once I got to Farmers in the Hills, it was a real big topic. Like it was, okay. uh, you know, the uh, the squintiness of the eyes and everything else. And at that time, I was we we moved mid fourth grade, so it was still in fourth grade. Okay. Um, wasn't even anywhere close to my growth spurt or natural mm. puberty, anything like that. So right. um, all the kids are generally similar in size when you're talking that kind of, uh, you know, that, that age. Yeah. Um, but uh, so, yeah, that was, uh, you know, um, people coming up to me saying, hey, you know, we won the war and stuff like that. Oh, geez. And, and okay. it was just kind of. Kind of weird stuff like I never really had to think about before and never really felt like I was different or anything like else. I mean, obviously, I knew my, you know, my father is six, one, blonde hair, blue eyes when he had hair blonde, and, uh-huh. you know, as white as white can be. And my mother is, you know, four foot six, brown, 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 brown. I knew that they were okay. obviously different looking people, but right. it was just normal to me, you know. Yeah, but, uh, but yeah, when we got to, to Farmington Hills, that was when, um, if they're, you know the, the the racial barrier became visible to me. Okay, were there other uh, and different areas of the suburbs down there are you know obviously more heavy white versus mm-hmm. other races and things like that? Was were you mostly uh, like white in your schools, or were there other um, people with ethnic heritage or anything like that? Sure. That you... Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't recall too much. I mean, I know there was a pretty good melting pot in Redford. Okay. Yeah. Um, Farmington Hills was not as much. It was prominently white white people. Okay. Um, but uh, I would say once I got to high school, that's when I was reintroduced because I chose not to go mm-hmm. with all the middle school kids that I had been around. Okay. Um, they had the, had the option to go to two different high schools. One, I knew where everyone was going, mm-hmm. all of those people that I didn't get along with. Mm-hmm. And the other one was was uh, renowned for their football program, and that's what I wanted to do was play football. Okay. So I chose that, and that's not only where I went, but my father and my sister both went to that high school as well. Okay. Um, so that was a great opportunity because then when I got to high school, it was uh, I was – thrown back into the, the melting pot and it was mm-hmm. quite the melting pot you know okay. black people uh, Asian um, you know Indian people I mean, it was just it was it was nice to because uh, okay. I, li- I like that diversity sure so has did any of that uh, friction or just meanness of the kids or anything like that do you feel like that shaped your personality in any particular way not really I mean it, it if anything it just uh, it made me aware of that that that's, that that uh, people out like that are out there. Okay. Um, you know, I mean, my father's side of the family, my grandparents on my father's side were very mm-hmm. racist. Um, nothing from my mother's side of the world. They were just mm-hmm. poor, third mm-hmm. world countries, the Philippines. Yeah. Um, but so I didn't really necessarily make you know change me in a in a in a really in. A big way it just kind of made me aware that there are some people in the world that have an issue with how I look okay you know um, it's nothing I can do to change that you know it's, yeah, yeah. it's uh it's their lives I can't tell them how to live it type of deal right so um okay. but you know I uh, never I never thought about that whenever I made a decision in any part of my life uh in any facet 
Never okay. let, uh, it's just always been me doing yeah. stuff. Okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. Uh, tell me about, uh, like, friends of yours in school and stuff. What kinds of things did you do uh, sure. after school and whatnot? I mean, obviously, you mentioned football, and that takes up a ton of time when you're uh, that age and, and high school and stuff. But what, uh, what other kinds of things did you do? Well, I was, uh, it was tough to be my parent. I'll put it that way. Okay. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, football was always kind of there. Sports were always kind of there, although football was really the only kind of sport that I was really ever any good at. Huh. Um, but uh, I went through a real long phase of, uh, of uh, being in the punk rock world. Okay. You know, I had uh, yeah. neon green Nikes with tall knee-high socks, wearing shorts with suspenders and yeah. studded bracelets and yeah. discolored hair. And uh, I would love to see a picture of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy is very interesting. Um, wasn't, uh, yeah, so it was just after school, after practice, uh, we'd have band practice. We didn't really know what we were doing. We didn't write our own music or anything like that but we mm -hmm. just got together and played songs that we yeah. knew on the radio what did you play it was a lot of nirvana yeah. um you know a lot of no effects um misfits uh you know operation ivy uh a little bit of giant rotten stuff like that it's just it was just kind of stuff like that you know yeah, yeah. ramones and simple when it comes to the actual execution of playing the chord more simplistic than let's say a zeppelin or oh of course you know, yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that it's more just uh straightforward loud, rock and roll loud, right yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot a lot yeah. of distortion yeah. were you uh guitar were you band uh, yeah drums or i started I, I uh yeah i wanted to uh i started off in drums um just looked like way too much fun yeah and uh then you know we uh we were out playing some shows we were down at uh oh, cool. Farrell's golden cup yeah. Um, playing shows at uh, you know 13, 14 years old, nice. And our parents were all real supportive. They came mm -hmm. to the shows and stuff, and we just got a, a cut of the cover at the door. Right. Yeah. And um, and then I realized that none of the girls were talking. They they all focused on the guys at the front of the stage, uh -huh. not the drummer. Okay. I wasn't Tommy Lee or anything <laughs> like that. Right. So. So my father had been playing rhythm guitar all his life. I said, mm -hmm. Well, Dad, you got to teach me how to play the guitar, and he taught me two chords um, to a Waylon Jennings song and that was the beginning of the end of it for me. Um, okay. I gave up the drums and uh, and started playing guitar and to this day I can't read music, it's all by ear. Yeah. I, I failed intro to guitar in college and that made my father pretty upset Yeah, because <laughs> I could play better than anybody in the class but right. I just... For whatever reason, seeing notes translating into my brain to the hands on the on the strings, mm. this does not compute. Okay. And well, it's I've I've long thought of music as it really is another language. Sure. Right. So you you do have to learn another language if you're mm. going to read it, you know. Yep. And then quote unquote write well write it if you're you know writing music, but mm. then you know quote unquote speak it if you're you know putting it to. To instruments, so, sure, yeah. um, and obviously there's people in the world that are much more fluent than others. <laughs> Absolutely. So you know, yeah, that's interesting. I've I've long labored at like learning guitar and just never having the the desire to put in the hours of practice that it takes. Sure. You know, I very much want to pick it up and just be good. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That would be so, nice. Yeah. yeah. So I have a guitar downstairs in my house and. 
once in a while I'll grab it and go, okay. oh yeah, this is work. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. As bad as I want to play it and play a few riffs and stuff, it just uh, I, I just don't have the time. I was always uh, bad at talking to girls. Okay. I figured that would be a good segue. Sure. Open uh, air, right? So Break the ice a little. Exactly. So I started writing songs and playing, um, playing those songs and singing those songs um, right around 15, 16. Okay. And it just, uh, I would always call my friends, hey, listen, put the phone down and you got to hear this song I just wrote. Let me yeah. know it sucks or whatever. Oh, cool. And stuff like that. And that's actually how I uh, proposed to my wife. Was, okay. Wrote her a song, played it for her in the kitchen of our apartment, and proposed afterwards. Awesome. So it, it worked in the long run. Yeah. It just took yeah. some time. <laughs> oh, that's great, though. So, yeah. It's cool you stuck with it and everything. Yeah, and now I'm, I, you know, it, it does have its spot in the house, mm-hmm. and I do pick it up every now and again. Sure. But because it's been so many years of playing, I can pick it up and yeah. kind of kind of ride in that bike sort of, sort of a thing. Right, right. Yeah. Um, so I, I played an Ed Sheeran song last week and my daughter's a huge huge fan of his so okay. now she wants to pick up the guitar and learn. oh that's so cool yeah we can continue that legacy absolutely that's yeah. very cool yeah um so what uh what was your football time like that was amazing um it was tough because i was very short and uh and overweight before i grew okay uh so i i was just a lineman you know it was just hitting people uh-huh. and did you start freshman year was it like ninth grade no it was in, i was uh, in sixth grade oh okay. um with um with those wonderful people yeah um and so would that have been um did, did they do through the school yeah for that yeah oh okay see i don't i don't remember if my middle school had like seventh eighth grade if they had um football for the school yeah they must have there were three, so. um, three middle schools in Farmington, hmm. and we all played each other twice. Sure, that was the season. Yeah, there was no playoffs. There was no nothing. Yeah, yeah. But just get out there and do it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah basically an introduction to the sport. Right. Um, very limited equipment, you know, okay. um, practice dummies, stuff like that. Yeah. Naturally, we're going back to you know the late '80s, so hmm. the the equipment was not very good at protection (laughs) right you know the word concussion to my knowledge hadn't even invented at that point in time yet yeah i mean we never heard about it whatever yeah um so i was just uh you know because i i had such a hard time with all the kids in my middle school Mm -hmm. because i was being treated differently and everything else Mm -hmm. i took it out of the football field i said okay fine if you're gonna make me go to school with these people i don't want to go to school with yeah but you can let me hit people afterwards i'll do i'll do that (laughs) so so it 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 it, uh it was good you know i kind of rose up a little bit and then um you know was captain a couple of times and and then when i got to high school that's when it kind of got um serious and real to me that's when i started actually becoming a student of the game yeah um when watching it on television was more so just depicting defenses and coverages and, and different mm-hmm. audibles and things like that because I was privy to that kind of information. So, right. um, so yeah, it was good. I mean, it, uh, it was, once I got into high school, that was kind of my core group of friends was the, okay. like the punk band friends. Yeah. I had two sides of myself on, on any given week, I'd be in all the punk rock clothes and all the studs and everything else. Right. The very next day, I'd be in a button-down shirt and Birkin socks with, like, <laughs> you know, I tailored my 
persona to whichever group of friends I was hanging out with. Right. And it was high school when I had kind of had to make a decision. Like, okay, do I'm gonna, am I going to keep doing this, playing mm-hmm. both sides of the fence, so to speak? Yeah. Or am I going to hang out with one group or the other? And okay. all the punk rock friends were, uh, were kind of getting into trouble. You know, okay. uh, drugs, stuff like that. Oh, okay. Um, and the, the football people were, were nuts. They were, they, were, they were crazy, but a, a mm-hmm. good kind of crazy, my kind of crazy. Um, but knew where the line was at, you know. Okay. So, so that's when I just kind of, uh, my, my group of friends became the teammates. Okay. You know, and that's a bond that uh, has really, really held through time to this day. Because um, we were, you know, we were uh, 26 and 0 in the last two years of high school. We didn't oh. lose a game in two years. And Great. Got to play in the Silverdome three times. And Michi- cool. Michigan's indoor facility and State's game field and a couple of, uh, couple of championship rings and stuff like that so uh-huh. it really really helped me a lot yeah and that's very cool so did you um what was your like dating life like in high school high school was was, was still pretty rough okay. um you know it was uh i mean i had i had you know girlfriends here and there but really didn't know i would imagine like most 14 year olds 15 year olds mm-hmm. what the hell you're doing sure you know I don't know if it's cool to hold your hand or you yeah. know to kiss her or whatever and anything like that. It was mm-hmm. that was very awkward. Okay. Um, junior year is you know when I lost my virginity and kind of relationship meant something else. Okay. Um, and that uh, and that that kind of took me for a turn too. You mm-hmm. know, the first love, so to speak, and yeah. that was the case uh, mid junior year through the end of senior year, and it you know it was it, it ended. Poorly for me, she was uh, very, very flirtatious, okay. and that led to things that I just couldn't uh, couldn't forgive. Okay, so um, so that ended spring break senior year in Daytona, which was oh, kind of a bummer in Daytona. In Daytona, oh, that's rough. But, uh, but that's okay. There were plenty of distractions to keep my mind busy until I got away home. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. How long? So you, were you with her like a year and a half? Yeah, then? about a year and a half. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and then, so what was the transition like? Like, were you ready to like get right into another relationship, or did you wait a while, or like, how did that? I've uh, I've always been work? somebody. Uh, well, at that point in my life, I was, I kind of missed having somebody around. Okay. So, um, I immediately started dating. A, a girl two years my junior okay um just to have some companionship and stuff like that i didn't yeah. didn't wasn't looking for quote-unquote love or mm-hmm. anything like that but it just kind so of like 17 and 15 or yeah. 16, 18 16 something like that yeah right okay. around there um but i knew where i was in my life and where she was in her life she, mm-hmm. she still had two years of high school left i was out yeah. already yeah. um so it ended pretty quickly after that but then it just kind of it uh, was the question, you know, because I had not thought about college. I knew mm-hmm. I, I knew that I was, I was at best a B minus C plus student. Okay, was never really overly intellectual. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I, you know, looking back at it now, I could have been a better student, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, at that point in my life, it just it just was just something I had to do. Yeah, and I didn't want to do it. Yeah, if some so. particular subject doesn't catch you, it's boring right i'd rather be doing x yeah i mean i i had i had um uh, a scholarship ready to go to play linebacker at central michigan okay and then senior year 
I had what we now know was was my twelfth concussion. Oh, that, that knocked me out of the game of the sport completely. Yeah. Uh, started with bleeding the brain, too much fluid in your brain to kill you. Yeah. It was one of those uh, literally getting wheeled into the hospital on a gurney in full football pads. Oh wow. Um, so they gave me some medicine to clot up the blood to stop that. Um, and that was a Friday night game. Woke up Saturday morning, felt like a million bucks. Uh-huh. Was ready to get back on the field. Mm-hmm. And that's when I told my folks, like, you know, listen, if he does this again, this runs the risk of this happening again. You don't get to us quick enough. Too much fluid will kill you, and this game over. Yeah. So that was a tough, tough deal for me because okay. the, the, my relationship with uh, the girl had ended. That was a... a, a physical, emotional strain, hmm. and then now my other strongest relationship throughout my life at that point, which was football, and yeah. and which also meant camaraderie with my friends and everything else, and oh, you know, the double sessions and all that stuff and everything that we had done together, yeah. was coming to a very, very quick end. Right, yeah, just so, and abrupt, too. Because, yeah. like. again, we didn't know that, I mean, every time I had double vision or hmm. a splitting headache after a hit or whatever... It was just all right. Get some water and get some back. Get back in there. Yeah. I mean, my my whole philosophy that I was coached with was to get to the ball as fast as you can and be pissed off when you get there. Yeah. And I was that. Right. You know? And so watching today's football kind of pains me a little bit. Like, sure. You know, it's yeah. Like, okay, that's not really a tackle. You know. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I get that it's safer and it's it's better for everybody all the way around. But yeah. Um, but yeah. So that was uh, that was. That was tough because at that point my scholarship had been taken away because okay. I, couldn't, I couldn't play linebacker. Right. So, and then my whole idea of just college without football, mm-hmm. I tried to, I, I couldn't wrap my head around it. Okay. Like trying to wrap my head around high school, imagining the last four years of high school without football. Yeah. I don't know if I would have made it out. Sure. You know, and uh, so I just figured I'd start working, okay. start making some money. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's exactly what I did. I did go to uh, Oakland Community College, okay. or as people around our neighborhoods, hmm. the uh, OCC, the only chance for college. Okay, that's how they would refer to it. I, I don't think I ever heard the uh, the the breakdown the chance, down yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, but it was good. It was fine. You know, took some general studies and stuff like that, and it wasn't again anything I was enthusiastic about. It was just hmm. making sure that I felt like I needed to do it. Yeah. Um, what, um, yeah, well, um, I'm a couple of years older than you, but yeah, very much our generation age range is, uh, like college was very much expected. Like it was, you're going to college, um, which was very different from the generations before. Mm-hmm. And obviously now with, uh, what college costs and other kinds of things is turning out to be very different from, you know, what kids are going to be doing now, I imagine. You bet. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I can see that, you know, like, you just, you gotta go, you gotta do this. It was something I had to do, so right. I was, yeah, I mean, because my, my father was selling replacement windows at a company, and um, so he got me a job as an installer, which okay. at the time, you know, being a 20-year-old man, it was, uh, was great money, hmm. um, but it was, you know, construction, long hours. Right, yeah. So I was going to work at, you know, five in the morning, and getting done when it's dark out and going to night classes oh, wow. and then okay. doing it all over again. Yeah. So that, you know, that, that, uh, that thread burned pretty quickly. Okay. Um, 
And I knew that I didn't want to do either one of those things mm -hmm. for long term. Yeah. Um, but uh, and then it was just a, a actually my high school social worker that brought up uh, broadcasting. Okay. And I guess I never really thought about it. Every time I watched a football game, mm -hmm. I never ever thought about the guy talking to us. Mm -hmm. It was just the sport, the hits, yeah, whatever. Um, and then that kind of all made a little bit of sense to me when I thought about it. Okay. And um, went to a broadcasting school downstate in Southfield, and mm -hmm. was that a Scripps Howard uh, or yes. Specs Howard? Yep, Specs so. Howard. Yeah, and okay. um, very well known, respected uh, yeah. school around the country. And uh, day one of school, you're in a studio recording a show. Mm -hmm. That's how I learned hands-on stuff. Yeah. You know, um, it was not you know, read this book, memorize it so you can regurgitate it on a piece of paper later on. Yeah. yeah. It was learning, uh, hands-on stuff. And right. that was, frankly, the only time I ever excelled in school. Uh -huh. I was an A student. I was, uh, you know, I got awards for certain things that I did while I was there. And uh, that's when I kind of realized that this was my career. This is the path that I should be on. That's awesome. Yeah. It was very fortunate. The... It's so interesting that you nearly went to Central. Mm -hmm. So, like, I'm, I'm two years older than you, so you would have been just two years behind. I was going to Central for radio broadcasting because they, <laughs> they had a great program there. Yeah. So, um, so I did that and had a morning show nice. and all that kind of stuff. It was the Philo and Dr. Blank show. Nice. And uh, I, I need to reconnect with my partner or try to. That was, yeah. that was a ton of fun from yeah. back in the day. But um, for... After you got out of uh, Specs Howard, what uh, what did you do? Where'd you go? Yeah, it was tough afterwards. Okay. Um, you know, they have a, a great placement program. Mm -hmm. I mean, they help you out a lot. Mm -hmm. But there just wasn't a lot out there because in in school they gave you the option. I mean, you basically learned both radio and television for six months, mm -hmm. and then at that point you chose what you wanted to focus on. Yeah, I wanted to be on TV. Okay, so I went television, not radio. Mm -hmm. And did really well in school at television. And it was great to kind of, I found it fun to go to a site, record, do some reports, being a reporter and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, and when I got out of school, I was sending out between 10 and 13 demo tapes and resumes a week mm -hmm. all over the country. Because yeah. I was a young man, single, could go anywhere. Right. I could fit everything I owned into a, the bed of a six-foot mm -hmm. pickup truck. Right. So... Uh, and nothing, nothing came, mm -hmm. you know, and again, kind of a, one of those hindsight moments where if you look at any general town or city, there's probably, you know, t the TV stations, you can probably count on one hand, right? probably less than five fingers. Mm -hmm. There's probably three hands worth of radio stations. Yeah. yeah. So the opportunity to land a job in radio is a little bit more prominent than it is in Absolutely. television. Absolutely, yeah. So it was, uh, it was a year and a half of managing a blockbuster video with okay. this, with this, with this uh, broadcasting degree I have and uh, wondering what the hell I'm doing with my life. You know, I yeah. almost went into the military, uh, okay. they, uh, but because of the concussions, they didn't want me. Mm -hmm. um, and then it was a guy I went to Specs Howard with that I was you know, fairly good, good acquaintances with in mm -hmm. school that lived in Escanaba. And okay was uh, from up from the UP his whole life, mm -hmm. except for those 12 months that he went to Specs Howard. Yeah. 
So that's the Upper Peninsula of Michigan for those yep. that are listening that don't know what that is. <laughs> the UP, yeah, that's right. And uh, so he he called me out of the blue and said that they had an overnight board op position available. Okay. And um, was not the sexiest dress that I had seen, of course. Yeah. But I, you know, again, I was working, making fairly good money for a young single man. But not really, you know, something was missing. Mm-hmm. Felt like I could could be doing more yeah and um so i came up to escanaba the upper peninsula of michigan and met with the program director and again it was just a it was four dollars and 25 cents an hour mm-hmm. uh midnight to 6 a.m monday through friday okay and i'm meeting and i drove 524 miles for this interview yeah and meeting with the program director and I'm talking to him about all my dreams and aspirations and everything else mm-hmm. and not once did he look at me. Really? He's looking at his computer the entire time. Wow. And I'm thinking this is a train wreck. This is the worst interview ever. Yeah. And um, left, went to my buddy's house that I went to school with and and then later that day got the call and said that I got the job. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> right. And the whole reason for that was that he was wanting to just listen to my voice. Oh, okay. And how that would sound on the radio. Sure. Like, It'd be okay. nice if he told you Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. <laughs> would, have been, would have been okay, but that was his way of doing things. Sure. And uh, so then that's, that, that started it. You know, it was midnight to six, record a, a weather once an hour, make sure all the stations are on the air, and mm-hmm. get the show prep ready for all the morning show guys, you know. And, and uh, at the time... Um, their biggest station, the morning show guy would come in and right around six o'clock where I was able to leave. Mm-hmm. And just in working there and talking with him a little bit here and there, yeah. um, I, st- I chose to stay at work, uh, not get paid, to sit in the corner and watch. Yeah. So I would, that's what I would do because I knew that's what I wanted to do eventually, was, okay. do, was do a morning show. Nice. So he was kind enough to let me kind of watch him work. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'd be there for until eight, nine o'clock, sometimes until his show was done. Mm-hmm. And people were like, "What? What are you doing? You're supposed to be home, going to bed." Yeah. But it was invaluable training. Mm-hmm. Uh, just being able to watch him work was really, was really great. Yeah. What What was his style? Like, was it just uh, like talking between breaks, or was it like morning zoo kind of stuff? Or he was. Uh, it was. It was nice because it was uh, out of an hour, about twenty minutes was was music. Okay. So, he was very goofy, um, tried to be very comedic, mm-hmm. and, uh, but relatable, and, you know, and, and local was a real big thing, it still is, mm-hmm. you know, with talking about uh, the area and everything else, so it was not what, uh, at the time, not what I, what I saw myself as, mm-hmm. um, but interesting to watch somebody who had been doing it for 20 years. Yeah, uh, and how they and what they think is a good program, right? Um, and it was uh, it was again it was invaluable training. I mean, I I I go back to those days, those moments a lot. Yeah, you know, just to remind myself, hey, this is where the love started. Yeah, you know? yeah. and uh, and it still is uh, it still is burning pretty strong. Oh, that's good. What derailed me from pursuing once I graduated was I quickly saw there was an enormous amount of politics Mm. with like getting into a place and, you know, uh, making sure that you're in the good graces of different people and whatnot. And then 
two, the prospect of moving around the country. I wasn't single at the time, so um, the the moving around the country didn't feel like something that I even wanted to do. Like it wasn't it wasn't that I I don't feel bad that I made the choice not to do it. Um, it was this was much more important. Mm-hmm. But um, did you find the politics thing to be the case? And I found some of it um, about a year in. Okay. Because I was, you know, learning on the run. Yeah. Um, but it was uh, when I when my position changed because I was midnight to six a.m. for for about a year, mm. and the guy that had the six to midnight shift on their flagship station, Top Forties mm-hmm. Music, and mm-hmm. all that stuff, uh, he was taking a vacation a week off. Okay. And at that at that point, a year in, I was chomping at the bit to get on the air. Yeah. And so he was taking a vacation. I asked if I could sub for him. Mm-hmm. I said, I had a week. This is my audition. This is what I got to do. Absolutely. To, to, to raise some eyebrows and open some eyes. And, and I did. I, 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 I did a, a great job. And um, they were getting calls all throughout the normal business hour days asking who I was, mm-hmm. where did they get me, all this and that. Mm-hmm. And it was very clear to them that they had... A, a, a better jock okay than what they had yeah on the air right now and that's when I kind of got the uh, a peek into the politics of it all okay because then a lot of people were coming up to me and whispering to me about certain things and you know and okay well you know if this happens that means this person's gonna you know I'm like I, I don't really care about this yeah you know I just want to be on the radio yeah but and the 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 downside of that was the guy that I was taking the job from was also my roommate that I went to college with. Oh, geez, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so he was the six to midnight guy? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And uh, so I became the six to midnight guy, and he was okay. demoted to midnight to six. Oh, geez. Uh, so it was a interesting working, living relationship. Yeah. How long did you guys stay roommates after that? We were roommates... For probably another two years. Okay. So he took it fairly well. He was. Then? It wasn't me that he was pissed at. Okay. So it worked out because again, I just I I took advantage of an opportunity. Of course, yeah. And I think he knew that mm-hmm. I was better than he was. Okay. Um, for that station. Okay. For top forties for that shift. Yeah. He had a voice that would have been better for a soft rock okay. um, format, mm-hmm. maybe from you know noon to three o'clock in the afternoon, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah, that yeah. was just his voice. That's who he was. Okay. Uh, where I was a little bit more edgy and urban, and coming from downstate and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and listening to radio stations down there and how they do things, and yeah. I brought that flash affair with me when I crossed the bridge, mm-hmm. and. Uh, so, but but so it was it was more of a you know um, you know screw the man mentality than it was your roommate, right? So okay, well that's good. <laughs> it worked out for our friendship. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, that could have been super awkward. <laughs> could have been. Yeah, it could have been. So all right, that's good. How long were you in Escanaba then? So I was in Escanaba for the first time uh, for about four years. Okay. Um, I uh, eventually did move into Escanaba because I was living with the roommate in mm. Bark River at the time. Okay. Which is about 30 minutes from the radio station. Yeah. 
And that was tough because I, you know, coming from downstate, neighbors had chickens and roosters and waking my ass up at all different times in the morning was different, mm-hmm. it was weird. Yeah. You know, street signs had decimal points in them. It was just <laughs> very, very, very weird. And uh, so moving into town was great. Uh, was able to have much more of a social life okay. and uh, met Jessica, my wife. Okay. Um, and uh, so how her, old? How old were you then? I was a. I was twenty. Twenty three. Okay. Yeah, maybe twenty four. And um, met her and started dating her and knew. I bought the ring after a month. Yeah. And just knew that that was going to be the one. Okay. Um, didn't. Didn't obviously do anything yet, but mm-hmm. um, but I knew that I lusted her. Okay. Wanted to make sure that if I loved her. Yeah. And uh, and then that's when uh, they the the station had a uh, a bad sales year. Okay. And they had to let go of people. Mm-hmm. And I quickly learned at that time um, that you at least in small town radio mm-hmm. you've got to wear as many hats as you possibly can. Okay. So you're harder to let go. Yeah. Because um, at the time I just did the, the night shift, mm. a little bit of computer update website stuff, mm. but it wasn't much. Yeah. Um, I had built the 425 an hour to eight and a quarter. Okay. But I was laid off that year. Um, and then uh, Jessica and I, she wasn't, uh, it was great because a lot of the youpers that I met, especially the women, mm. um, liked being here they were homegrown home fed and that's great yeah and just the possibility of moving somewhere else wasn't even in the conversation yeah whereas when i met jessica she was taking yearly trips to san diego just to do it oh okay she would she was adventurous and was not handcuffed to the up yeah so she moved down with me so we we left the up we went downstate Hmm. Um, I was uh, I was cutting grass, doing landscaping, snow plowing in the winter time. Okay. She was waitressing at Buffalo Wild Wings, mm-hmm. um, and it was tough because we had opposite schedules. Okay, you know, I'm up at five and getting yeah. home at five. She's leaving at five and getting home at four in the morning. Yeah. Um, but during that time was amazingly when we conceived our daughter. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and. Uh, that was that was something else. I remember that. I remember that night. It was it was in the in in the hours of the morning. It was like one or two a.m. because she was mm-hmm. closing the bar. Woke me up, and I knew that there was we either won the lottery or we were pregnant. It was one okay. of those two things. Yeah, and because she woke me up, and we have to talk. Yeah. And okay, like this, we're already at the point in our relationship, right? She's nuts if she leaves me because yeah. a we're already we already moved five hundred and thirty miles away from what you know whatever and I, mm-hmm. and we were good it was fine you know but yeah. so yeah so she showed me the the little pea stick and mm-hmm. like okay you know so it wasn't anything that we planned right but we were also I guess you know not being overly careful so okay um, but so we welcomed it with open arms you know and you know, okay. So it just, you know, that, that changes the mindset, mm-hmm. you know, and even when it's your two months in of being pregnant, mm-hmm. it changes the mindset. Okay. And now I can't just quit and go do something else or do this or do, I got to think about big picture stuff. Mm-hmm. 
Um, when did you get married compared so, to that? Yeah, I mean, we, Jess was was about four or five months. Not even, and I might be off on that because it was, she was not even showing. Okay. So I think More around there, I think, sure. is usually, uh, usually when that's the, the case. Um, and we had, you know, these grand plans of Hawaii and the beach and all this and that. And, mm-hmm. and it got to the point where I was like, listen, we love each other. We've been at that point, we had been together for two and a half years. Mm-hmm. I just want to get married to you. I don't want to spend our, our early married life together in debt because of one day. Mm-hmm. So we went to the courthouse. She still wore a white dress. Mm-hmm. I still wore a Filipino barong, which is like a, a silkish kind of dress shirt. Okay. Um, dad was the best man. Mm-hmm. You know, we went to the courthouse, 15 bucks to get married. I had to borrow 10 bucks from my dad. Yeah. Because it was my wedding day, man. I, was, yeah. I didn't, wasn't thinking about money. I was shocked I had $5 in my pocket. <laughs> um, but then they gave me a receipt. That was a funny part because that's been the ongoing joke for the last decade. It's like, yeah, I still got my receipt, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah, we, we, we got married just be just before, you know, Bella was, was coming out of the oven. Okay. So, and it was great. It was beautiful, wonderful. Um and we were uh, we were doing good, and then mm-hmm. uh, got another call from Upper Michigan, okay. and it was a different radio station this time. And they go, okay, like well. So when you were downstate that whole time, or when you were back to to Lower Michigan, you weren't doing any radio, any no. TV, any anything. No, no. It was uh, I tried, um, but. It just, I was too green, okay. you know, at the time. It felt like because I only had a handful of years of experience, that was a detriment to me, mm-hmm. which is nuts because I had experience. It was more than somebody else around the college that didn't have. Right. But, uh, you know, it's, it's Detroit. It's major market. It's big time radio. They're not going to, you know, yeah. you've got to have a little bit more underneath your belt right. for them to even look at your resume. Because, um, I mean, I was checking rapidly, and it was, you know, experience five to seven, mm-hmm. you know, and I was in that two to four checkbox. Yeah. So, um, and then, so, you know, the voice and whatever else wasn't enough to kind of put me over the edge there. So, mm-hmm. it was just uh, jobs that I could do. You know, again, I wasn't, I was never the smartest kid in the class, so I wasn't going to work at an IT company or something like that. Mm-hmm. I was doing manual labor, you know. Yeah. Um, but with broadcasting, I was comfortable speaking and talking to people. Mm-hmm. So, you know, started getting a little bit into like retail sales and stuff like that. But, okay. um, wasn't anything that was like, okay, this is great. I got this job now. You know? yeah. Um, so when we got a call from back on the upper Michigan, it was about radio again. I'm like, well, okay. You know, and Bella was... You know, and it was shortly after we got married and I got that call because mm-hmm. Bella was born in the UP. Okay. So, um, so yeah, we, we, we moved back up to the UP, mm-hmm. back to Escanaba. Okay. Now I'm working with a competing radio station, mm-hmm. country radio, which okay. was not my forte. I, I was familiar with classic country because that's what my father knew how to play the guitar and that's how okay. I learned the guitar was with 
across yeah. the country. Okay. I taught myself Bon Jovi and stuff like that. But mm. uh, so it was, uh, you know. But again, in radio, it doesn't matter what the format is. You got to sound like you love it. Right. So, okay, let's get into the world of country music. You yeah. know, whatever. I'm ready. You know, the Asian with a cowboy hat. Let's do it. Yeah. You know. Okay. And uh, and it was fun. It was cool. That was, uh, you know, worked my way through that company realized what I had learned with my previous experience hmm. and eventually got to the morning show on that country radio station. Okay. And that was great. It was a live show. And, yeah. um, what, um, what kind of format did you do um, for the morning show? That was very, very, it's unlike what I'm doing now. Um, it was very, they were very um, picky. Um, they were, it was very structured. I only had so much time to speak. Mm-hmm. Didn't really have carte blanche to do what I wanted. Um, had to be very, very politically correct because this was this was classified as a family country station. Whereas I always felt that I was a better fit in top forties, more urban type of a format. But again, yeah. it's fine. It's radio. It's a job, and I will do what you yeah. want. Experience exactly all that kind of stuff. So. So it was it was very very vanilla in my opinion. Okay. But it um, it was still live. I was still able to crack a joke here and there, have some fun with uh, being a, lot, a Detroit Lions fan with a lot of the Green Bay Packer fans that are up here and mm-hmm. still fun like that. Um, but it it was uh, it was also the first time I've ever had female bosses. Oh okay. Yeah, that was new. Um, I wouldn't say it's better or worse. It was just different. Mm-hmm. Um, a little less accountability with the female bosses. I, I, I okay. might, you know, they didn't hold me as accountable as they could have, in my opinion. Oh, okay. Um, but it again, another really interesting learning experience. Yeah, um, we we talked about a little bit before your experience, uh, you know, growing up and whatnot um, in small town, Upper Peninsula, Michigan. Did you encounter any negativity with your your Filipino descent? Or anything? Not really, because I I can't I got in front of that. Okay. You know, um, I don't. Looking back, I don't think I was thinking about getting in front of it. Mm-hmm. I just did. Okay. Um, and I I, I donned myself because pasties mm-hmm. is a staple food in Upper Michigan. Mm-hmm. It's a calzone, whatever you want to call it, to the rest of the country. But um, I'm half Finnish and half Filipino. Okay. My father is from Finland. so, mm-hmm. And that's primarily a, a very common nationality up here. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, well, I'm the Filipasti. Okay. Whatever. You know, I don <laughs> myself that. I'm like, have fun with it. You know, I'm like, oh, yeah. And then I would always come out and try and, and make other people comf- uncomfortable because of my race. Okay. And that lifted that barrier in my opinion you know I'd be having a conversation with uh, some people at the radio station who are all white Mm -hmm. and they would say something like you know uh, well it's uh, you know it's it's too bad that it took John Doe you know an hour to figure out that problem Mm -hmm. and then I would say something to the effect of well you know I figure it out in 30 minutes because Asians are good with electronics we good we good and I just poke fun at myself had fun with it and they would they realized that it didn't matter okay about that you know and um 
and again, you know, I'm, it, it, it's different because to my mother, all of my relatives in the Philippines, they're not 6'1", 250. Hmm. They're under five feet tall and they're around 100 pounds of weight. Yeah. So um, I use that to my advantage as well. Okay. So, Do you speak uh, Filipino? Very little. Um, okay. I, when I, the last time, because I was born there and then we, I hadn't gone back. We went back when I was 19. Um, and that was the first time that I'd been back since I was an infant. Hmm. Um, so I studied up a little bit, um, cause there are thousands of dialects in the Philippines. Okay. Um, Tagalog is primarily the main language, but there's a, bu- a bunch of different, almost kind of how Southerners have an accent, mm-hmm. that type of deal. Yeah. Um, so I, when I was there, I, I was able to negotiate a cab fare, you know, mm-hmm. get around town Okay. But not communicate the way that we are right now. Sure. Um, you didn't, your mom didn't speak it at home. Uh, she, she did. Oh, okay. But just never, never taught me. Hmm. Um, it was never a, you should learn this type of thing. Hmm. Um, I learned just from watching her. No. Oh, you know, um, I knew after, you know, after so much time that when she would say anak, I know that she was referring, that meant child. Okay. That she was talking about me. Like, all right, I don't know what she's saying about me, but I know she's talking about me. Did your and dad speak it? Nope. No. Okay. No, not at the time. So it was just on the phone with relatives? or On the phone. Or other people in the or, house? Yeah, or yeah. she had, because uh, it's weird how Filipinos find each other when they're, when they're not at home. Okay. It's weird to me. Um, but it's uh, but yeah, she, she found Filipinos in Redford and stuff like that, found mm. Filipinos in Farmington. Oh, okay. And, uh, and all of a sudden they were friends of ours. Yeah. So it's kind of kind of weird. That's but, good that she was able to find community. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. Because she was, she was a worker. Um, when we got to the U.S., um, and then it wasn't until maybe uh, high school when she became just kind of a, a stay-at-home parent. Oh, okay. So, how old were you when your parents got divorced? Uh, that was only seven years ago. Oh, okay. So I was thirty. Oh, okay. Yeah. Was that? What was that like? Because obviously different. they were together for a yeah, long time. Yeah, they were together so. for thirty years. Okay. Um, that was that was that was difficult because um, dad uh, dad was uh, was cheating on mom with a twenty two year old. Oh jeez. Um, and he uh, decided that it was the best thing for him to do. Okay. Um, you know, and again, at this point, seven years ago, my sister and myself, we have our own lives. Mm-hmm. We're not in the house. We're right. not whatever. You know, it's just him and my mom. Um, so it was a rough, rough time because there was, you know, any in any divorce from what I know, but especially when it comes to, you know, situations like infidelity and stuff mm-hmm. like that, people are choosing sides. Right. You know, everyone's, doesn't matter with your, you're in the immediate family or you're a friend of a friend of a friend. People, yeah. people pick a side. So it was uh, all pretty shocking. He told me on the way to a Tigers ball game, like, way to ruin the day, Dad. I'm like, come yeah. on, man. No you kidding. Know, tell, me, tell me that tomorrow. But, uh, but so it was, you know, it was tough for me because this is, a you know, a guy that has been my hero, my idol all my life, mm-hmm. uh, would always go to for advice. Um would always be able to, what I knew would always be there for me and stuff like that. 
and here he is doing something that I, that we both know is incorrect. Yeah. And how am I supposed to follow that? How am I supposed to consider him to be a leader to me still? So I was kind of mm-hmm. fighting with my own internal hierarchy, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and then trying to understand what my mother was going through. Okay. You know, after 29 years of marriage and, you know, getting traded in essentially for a younger model. You know, okay, yeah. Um, what that must feel like and, and everything else. So trying to be there for both of them, although, you know, my father is the culprit in this scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, my sister was pretty clear. She was all on my, my mother's side. And mm-hmm. I was pretty much the only person that was kind of communicating with my father. Okay. Um, even Did you get any pushback things. from your mom or your sister? Oh, yeah. Because you were still talking but, to your dad? But I said, listen, he's my father. And then, then that kind of shut them up really quickly. Because I only okay. had one of those. Yeah. And I told them the same thing. I go, listen, mom, if it was you that did this and dad was the innocent one, I'd still be talking to you because you're still my mother. Mm-hmm. Right, wrong, or indifferent. That's the way it is. Okay. You know, I mean, I'm not like going over there and saying, high five, dad, good job. Yeah. I'm talking to him about my feelings and how I feel about all this stuff. And, mm. and frankly, you guys too, because I'm the only one that's communicating between this family. Right. Everybody, if, if somebody had something they wanted to say to the other party, it was through me. Okay. So I had inadvertently inherited that role. Okay. Um, yeah. So, it, and it got to the point where it, it enough was enough. And I kind of told them both, like, listen, I don't give a damn. You got something to say, call them call her, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be your, I can't be the go between this. I, I can't yeah. be anymore. You know? So how has that progressed over the last seven years? It's, um, it's, it's, it's progressed. It has, um, it was pretty rough for the first few. Okay. Um, cause in the Filipino culture, they do not believe in divorce. Um, so it was a big, big problem for my mother and her family Okay. to accept that she got a divorce. Yeah. She signed paperwork, that she went through the process. Right. So they had a problem with her for a while. Okay. And she in return relayed that attitude or whatever you want to call it towards myself and my sister. Oh, okay. Um, and every time I talked to her, you know, for the first few years it was tough because every, every single time it was, well, you know, your father and this, you know, insert expletive woman, right. you know, whatever. Uh, like, listen, Ma, that's you can't talk to me like that. You can talk to your girlfriends like that, but you're talking to, a, you know, his son. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear that. Just like I wouldn't want to hear him talking about you negatively. Right. So, have some respect and whatever. Um, but seven years down the road, he's doing good with the girl. They're still together. They're still, they're together. They're married. Wow. Um, and. Mom is dating a twenty-four-year-old now. Okay. So they, she's kind of followed his, yeah, this thing. So no my folks are very much a Michael Douglas movie from nineteen ninety-four. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I, you know, and it gets to the point where it's just so crazy. It doesn't make any damn sense. You just, you know what? Be happy. Yeah. If you're happy with whatever these choices and decisions you're making, even if I may not like them or disagree with them, it's your life. Sure. Be be happy. Yeah. And, for the most part, they both are. You know, oh, that's she's, good. She's permanently living in the Philippines now. Oh, okay. And uh, that was that was something that happened pretty pretty early on after the divorce. Oh, okay. Um, so she's been there for like about, six, seven years, yeah. something like that. Okay. Yeah. So she's over there with uh, with James, her boyfriend. Although now it kind of 
they may be married or Filipino married or some kind of, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> okay. But, um, and then, uh, yeah, and then dad is with Jenny over here in the U.S., although they go to the Philippines every winter. Really? And they're on the same damn island every winter. Wow. But they, they stay away from each other. Yeah, so, that's really interesting. Really weird. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So what's uh, what is your current and what does your future look like, man? What are you what are you hoping to do? What do you what yeah. do you like? Well, it uh, I'm very happy with what where where I'm at. Okay. You know, um, I've been up. We've uh, I've moved up to Marquette, Upper Peninsula, Michigan, for just over a year. Hmm. Um, back in radio back in the morning show mm-hmm. um, my position will only continue to grow okay. uh, and it's um, my goal is to well and, and it's also with Jessica my wife is that she's gotten her culinary certificate and she is in Marquette working as a, as a chef as well mm-hmm. so we're both doing what we love what we want to do Very cool. um, so it's just uh, trying to find the the new you know the new schedule and everything else, so, so that way we're all kind of together right. as much as we can be. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, my daughter has adapted fairly well to being up here. Okay, took a little bit of time, mm-hmm. but uh, but big picture, I see her. I see Jessica owning a restaurant or a food truck or something eventually up here and being pretty yeah. damn good at it. Um, I see myself uh, potentially, you know, controlling the these radio stations and maybe even owning them someday. Mm-hmm. So okay, um, but the Upper Michigan is is been a, a a wonderful wonderful thing for us. Yeah. Um, and Marquette in particular has really really made us happy. Oh great! Because it's it's an area that is the UP infused with downstate for us. Uh-huh. You have the big box stores if you want to go to them. You sure. have the mom and pop shops if you want to go to them. You've got breathtaking views mm-hmm. minutes away when you want to go to them. Yep. You can also be in the middle of nowhere in the woods if you want to go to them. Yeah, yeah. And all of that is appealing to us. Great. So it's nice for us to, uh, my daughter's 10, so it's nice for us to know that the second half of her childhood is going to be in an area like this, mm-hmm. not one where it's, you know, not everyone's this way, but where we were, very, very superficial, okay, very materialistic, yeah, you know, um, get away from that, get outdoors a little bit. Uh, we're really excited about yeah. that. So, it's all great. looking good. Sounds great, man. Yeah. Well, I can't thank you enough for coming on. Uh, Super great having you here. Good to hear your story. And uh, thanks again. Absolutely, bro. My pleasure. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If so, please share it with other people. You can also subscribe, rate, and review it on the platform you downloaded it on so that it helps other people find it. You can also go to anchor, that's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M slash the I am podcast and click the support this podcast button. This allows you to make a small monthly contribution to help keep the pod going if you'd like to. Thanks for listening.